Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can just peacefully. This was their finest. Guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. And I'm Sean. Now, guys, we're ready for death part two. I think we've all we've all experienced death. Sure. We all know what death is. Yeah. Because I believe in reincarnation. Oh, I thought you just meant out there on the streets. Yeah. But even though we have a colloquial understanding of death, we don't necessarily know exactly what death is biologically, right? And, mm-hmm. and um, you know... If last episode we had a very specific case study about some cool death stuff, today we're going to take a step back and do a more general survey of what death is. Yeah, I'm willing to bet that at least some listeners will have heard you just say what you said, and then will think to themselves, I know what death is. Yeah. And it's like, look, if if something's (laughs) been dead for like a while, like a week, it's pretty clear that it's dead. Right. But how do you know the moment somebody dies? Right. What is that moment, right? And I think actually you'll find... It's a little bit complicated. Right, right, right. Okay. And so, yeah, that's what this episode's going to be about. It's going to be a, a timeline of death. Okay, what happens when you're in the process of dying? And then what some of the medical definitions of death have been. And then we'll segue into uh, the latest research out of that Yale team that we talked about last time. Where they did the pig brains and shit. Okay. Ooh, a very spooky episode. Yeah, just in time for Halloween. Just in time (laughs) on Petri Dish. Wee, wee. So, so Sean, we should start on what is the definition of death? Like, you know, you're a secular man. I know I have my definition, but I respect your point of view. What do you think death is? Yeah, so I think it's a... The definition that's kind of settled on is a irreversible cessation of the pumping of oxygenated blood and or brain activity. Okay, so let's say someone is oxygen-deprived and, like, doesn't have any the brain function for, like, seven minutes and then is brought back to life. Brought back to life would be a colloquialism there. Like, they weren't dead by scientific definition because it was reversible. Yes. Okay, interesting. Yes. Right, so when they say they see God, they're liars. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't know, but... Let's not go go too deep into that. I think think there's a lot of... They're just they're just high on oxygen deprivation. We're going to get into this a little bit later in the episode, but there's actually active disagreement about even things like how long do they need to not have brain function and not have their heart beating and not have their lungs working? How many minutes before they're dead? Right. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into that uh, a little bit later in the episode. Okay. okay. But let's talk about what it means to, you know, be dying. Right. Okay. So blood is very useful to our bodies. 
it moves around oxygen, some glucose, mm. other nutrients and stuff, right? right? And when your blood stops flowing, your cells run out of oxygen pretty quickly. Okay. okay? It's kind of like how uh, in survival situations, people will talk about how like you need a water supply because you can die of dehydration faster than you can die of hunger. Right. right? In that case, water is sort of the limiting thing right. first, right? Uh, and cells can stop functioning and eventually die from a lack of glucose, from a lack of that food, right? Yeah. But a lack of oxygen will kill them much faster. Right. Okay. When cells run out of oxygen, part of their metabolism basically shuts down and a couple of things happen. One is that they have a buildup of metabolites that used to be part of the supply chain, but the supply chain basically got halted at the end, right? Like you mm -hmm. can't finish the, the metabolic process without oxygen. Okay. So you have all of these like sort of side products or intermediate products kind of start building up. Um, it's kind of like if there's a refinery that takes crude oil and turns it into gasoline or something and that refinery shuts down, you start to have this like kind of buildup of crude oil. And not only do you not get the gasoline, which is bad, people want the gasoline, right. but also you start to have this buildup of crude oil all over the place. And there are definitely things we can turn crude oil into, yeah. like baby bottles. Yeah. Okay. But how many baby bottles do you really need? Right. right? And like... Soon you're going to have, like, stacks of baby bottle pallets all over the place and warehouses just, like, chock full of baby bottles. And there's just, like, no place for all of that to go. You basically gunk up a lot of the rest of your system with all of these metabolites building up. Okay. And eventually that can cause your cell to lose membrane integrity. So right. the plasma membrane starts to break apart. Just too stuffed. Too stuffed. Sometimes what happens is you have a buildup of a lot of salts or a lot of acid or something and right. water comes in right. to dilute it. And that causes your cells to swell up, kind of like a balloon. Okay. And that swelling up process can really stretch the membrane out. Hmm. And then, eventually, with enough of that happening for a while, the cell will die. Yeah. It'll undergo necrosis and, you know, it'll lose membrane integrity. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you, know, you need enough lace chips. That's what happens to you. It's like all of your cells will have this sodium buildup. Water yeah. rushes in, you blow. And then you die. And then you pop. You can you can die from eating too much salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Probably. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah. I buy it. So four of execution in, in Rome. Feels really rich. So this process is like not that different from what happens under normal hypoxic conditions or conditions where you don't have enough oxygen. Right. When like say there's a blood clot or something somewhere. Uh House M D, right? Boy, I haven't thought about that show in a while. Yeah, but he had a blood clot. Right. And that happened in his leg, and it caused a lot of muscle death in his leg. And that's why he had the cane. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought he was, like, shot in the war or something. Nah, dude. It was from a blood clot. Oh. And why didn't they clear it? The clot? Yeah, he works in a hospital. Why didn't they just, like, go downstairs? They didn't believe that it was there for a while. It, oh, it was, really? It was hard to find. Really? Um, yeah. The, the, it the can whole be hard idea... to find blood clots? Yes, but also uh, they thought that he was coming in to basically... Scam them out of pain medication. Oh, right, right, right. Because he was, already he was a drug addict. addict. Yeah. Well, it's kind of on him then. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. I mean, he agrees. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the whole show's about that. Um, but in any case, that local area where yeah. the blood clot was lost a lot of blood supply yeah. and lost a lot of oxygen. Okay, right? wait a minute. Hugh Laurie walks fine now. So can you reverse blood clotting? Yeah. Um, wow! So you could regrow the muscular tissue in his in his leg. That was actually kind of a plot point in one of the seasons. Really? Yeah, that's cool. They put him into a 
like a medically induced coma along with dosing him with like ketamine or something and the oh. ketamine just like sort of jump-started an element of like the, cool. the pain circuitry in his brain oh. and while he was lacking pain he was able to do physical therapy and stuff to rebuild the muscle some oh that's cool so, so that's because Hugh Laurie he walks fine now <laughs> you know I, I know you were shooting for that the whole time I was trying to avoid it I was trying to avoid it but you kept pushing you kept pushing um so look, so I mean, he's great as Loki, <laughs> you know? yeah. And he he like ran in Loki, you know. He he had like his opposite like female version, and there's scenes where they're just running. Like it's not even just that like, he can walk fine with like some CGI. Do they seem similar to you, Tom Hiddleston and Hugh Laurie? Yeah, like if you did a time travel movie, and like Hugh Laurie went back in time, you you, you could be a little Tom Hiddlestony. Is it because they're just both British? Is that, like, all that you're working on? Well, they're also waifish, <laughs> you know, rakish, I guess, you will. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, oh, man. I think that's literally the only way that they're similar, though. Like, physically, they actually look pretty different from each other. Well, they're emotionally similar. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Anyway, look. I don't see race the way you see race. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, that blood clot cuts off the oxygen supply, okay? In that, I do see race. <laughs> <laughs> They're both crackers. Cuts off the oxygen supply to the muscle, and that causes local cell death. Okay, okay. okay. But we're, we want to talk about ecumenical cell death. We want all our cells to die, Yeah, right? so death broadly is like having a permanent hypoxic event all over your body. Mm. Or anoxic, really. But like, God, yeah, dude, just make everything sexy. Mmm, <laughs> a global hypoxic event. <laughs> Um, now, you know, it isn't like your blood... You're never going to see a corpse the same way. <laughs> you had a global hypoxic event. It isn't like your blood stops flowing and immediately every cell in your body, like, pops, right? Right. This That'd be cool. minutes to hours. What would you look like if that happened? Would, like, you just, like, like deflate like a balloon? Or would huh. you, like, explode? I need to think about that. Every the, cell popped at the there's same like time. A, there's a good amount of the space and, um... But, uh, the solidity yeah. of our bodies is not necessarily just the cells. Right. It's also the extracellular matrix that surrounds the cells. Right. So, like, for example, I've held an organ that was decellularized. Whoa. Um, so all of the cells were basically washed out with, like, a detergent. Right, sure, yeah. And you can still hold it. Like, it's, it's sort of jelly feeling, and, like, it feels like you could, like, easily break it apart yeah. or whatever. But it's still, like, together enough, even without any cells. So it's like the difference between... Butter and ghee. Hmm. Is it? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yes. Compliment me. <laughs> okay. okay, yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Because you uh, kind of swished the proteins out, right? That were browning. Yeah, you, you, you cooked. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You clarified the butter. Yeah. Wow. Want to clarify your liver, and, But the, the point was that that's not what happened. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. The yeah. point is that it's not like all of your cells pop. This takes minutes to hours, and it varies by cell type. It varies right. by location. Um, sometimes some cells the, are more able to, like, This is why your dick can get cut off. And if you put it on ice, you can reattach it, yeah. like, in a few hours. And you can do fingers, too. Yeah, but you could do dicks. That's true. Like, in, in a few hours. Remember that. Yeah. Remember that, Sandy. ladies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just keep it on ice. You can reattach it later. So you could cut off, like, a dude's penis that if is, he's been yep. naughty. Yep. And still get to fuck it later. That's true. So it's just a punishment. Yeah. 
but a, rem- a one that you can remedy. I'm on board for this entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> Something that definitely makes your body more of a wasteland after you die right. is the process of autolysis. Yeah. And this is... They're like, going to say mummification. No. Yeah. That, that takes a little bit. Yeah. As some of your cells undergo necrosis, so they, like, they pop, right? Yeah. They release enzymes into your general extracellular environment, and those enzymes start chewing up the extracellular environment and kind of turn your insides into That's soup. interesting. This is one of the ways that God makes sure that we can't achieve immortality. He right? seems to be trying. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't take many more minutes for this process, this autolysis process, along with the dying of your immune cells, to unleash havoc on your intestines. Right, because there's all those bacteria down there anyway. Right. So they're just like let, gone wild. Yes. And so not only do your guts have digestive enzymes themselves, so if your guts kind of split open, then digestive enzymes go all over the place. Right. But also you do have many, many, many bacteria. And unlike you, right. the bacteria are alive and hungry. Right, so right, right. they are very able to travel around your body right. and eat stuff. And in some places, rats get in there really quick. Sure. Um, right in the butthole. Yeah. And, and like, I'm talking minutes, right? <laughs> That's, that's like the world's autolysis of, of you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. If you live in New York City, like, <laughs> yeah. there is a rat watching you right now. Yeah, yeah, just waiting. Yeah. He, he's, like, he's like, look, if I wait on 100 humans, <laughs> yeah, one of them's going to die. Gonna, one of them's going to die. Yeah. Um, so uh, the bacteria typically break out of your intestines into your capillaries and then right. the surrounding lymph nodes. And then they usually get to your liver first, liver and spleen pretty quickly because right. they're sort of the right area. Right. You know, within, like, maybe 20 hours of death. Right. You have bacteria that are, like, chewing up your liver. Right, and you get fermented. Yeah. Anaerobically. Yes, yes. Yeah, cool. And so they go organ to organ, and, like, they'll be in your brain and pretty much everywhere else in your body within, like, 60 hours of you being dead. Mm. Okay? Bacteria are very used to digesting what? I'm just thinking, you remember that Motown song? That's like, organ to organ! You better clean that blood. <laughs> and then it's all going to organ. Okay. You pump. You pump that blood. It's all the organs talking. And the other organ leads over. And then all going to organ. You better make that bile. This should be a new fake ad for us. You, you do. Motown, Motown New Wave. New Wave Motown. Um... <laughs> God damn. Bacteria. Ain't no kidney cleaner. <laughs> wow. Ain't no liver sweeter. Wow. What's, the, what's the sweetest organ to eat? Hmm. Hmm. It is incriminating if you answer. I'm pretty sure there is an answer. Really? I'm just trying to remember. What, like, has the most sugars in it? Yeah. It might be the liver. Yeah, it might be the liver. It's just uh, like now that I've gone dry, my liver is sweet. Having eaten liver before, I will say that sweet is not the first word that comes to mind. But like fucking perverts, what comes to my mind? (laughs) What um what what kind of liver did you eat? Like El Salvadorian or um Uh, or like something really high class, like 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 Cobacua beef beef liver. Oh, I cooked it. Oh, you and I are talking about different types of liver to eat. What? Yeah, I, was, I, thought, I thought we were talking about human liver. Oh! <laughs> yeah, I you're talking about beef liver. Beef liver. <laughs> well, the way to leave me hanging. Man. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, look, bacteria are very used to trying to digest sugars and lipids and proteins. That's basically everything that right. was once you. Right. And so now they have free reign to munch on you for a bit. The microbiome of your body during death shifts over time. 
And yeah, like you were saying, the anaerobic bacteria begin yeah. to dominate because your interior is largely lacking in oxygen. They release a lot of gases and that can like kind of make your body bloat up and stuff, right? Now you know exactly what I'm thinking. Like Osmosis Jones, Mad Max style. It, you it see would a, literally be... You see Bill Max Murray style. die is yeah. the first shot. Yeah. And then you woo, zoom in and it's just like fucking anarchy. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And like, cool. seriously, and, and like when the floodgates open and the bacteria break out yeah. of the of the guts and everything, dude, yeah, that'd dude, be fucked up. Dude. Yeah. All right. Um, so then you get colonized by things that like to eat dead bodies. Yeah. Like at some point, at some gypsies. point, like a bot fly is gonna land on you and lay yeah. some eggs, and then those are gonna hatch within twenty four hours, and you're gonna have a bunch of maggots all over this you. This is my happening. definition of death. It feels pretty dead. No one's really dead until I see them infested by maggots, mm. and I'm like, you dead. Yeah. And then you know, apparently. <laughs> Apparently, maggots will go through sort of like cycles of, because uh, they can mature very quickly in right. a corpse into more flies, and then they bang and lay more eggs, and like you get more maggots. Ew. So you get like several generations of maggots, and then like some maggots will like migrate away, yeah. and that you'll see like trails of, of like leaving maggots from a corpse. You like this too much. I, I see your I child. definitely read it. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely read it and wrote why, it down. Why do they leave? Uh, they they want to move on, move on, to, uh, and, and probably get away from predators. Because honestly, right, once, not too long after the maggots are like really getting going, right, something else comes and is like, oh shit, there's yeah, no maggots. There's in like there. birds and stuff that are like, oh yeah, it's time to feast. Right. Carrion birds. It's time to feast. Are there any carrion birds that actually eat carrion, or are they all going for the maggots? Oh, so, some eat carrion. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you can you can see vultures and stuff like that eating the actual meat That's off gross. of a corpse. So why don't they like die from disease or something? Uh, it goes into their guts, and then their guts deal with it. Yeah, okay. That's cool. Although, I, I mean, I do think that, like... Probably some die of rancid stuff. Yeah, I think they're trying to avoid certain parts of the body, too, though. Mm. Right? Like, like meat, the actual muscles, right, take longer to get to as far as, like, where... Like, like I said, liver gets hit really quickly. Spleen yeah. gets hit really quickly. Right. So there are certain parts of the body where if the corpse is, like, kind of recent... Yeah. Probably there's not that much bacteria yet. You can get on in there. The, the And again, the muscles. Yeah, the muscles, okay, definitely. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. I mean, we... we, we <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I said it's good to know. <laughs> let's take a break. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about like the medical definition of death right. and how that has evolved over time. All right, okay. Cool, cool, cool. You've signed up for Disney Plus. You've gone to Disneyland. You've taken your family to see Frozen 2. Now you can get Frozen 2 with Disney Cryogenics. For a low price of $30 a month in perpetuity, you'll not only get access to FX and Hulu, your corpse will be frozen with Walt Disney and the body of the original Mickey Mouse. Happily ever after. You'll never leave Disneyland. You're dead and frozen there with Disney Cryogenics. Sometimes, when you're at the end of a magical Disneyland adventure, you feel dead inside. Don't go. Stay. Frozen. Forever. With Disney Cryogenics! Shh. 
So we talked a little bit about death in the grossest possible terms. It was good. Um, let's stop that. <laughs> and I mean, what, what, what we as doctors, you and me, we're doctors. Okay. We're, I'm a, I'm a doctor of love. <laughs> I believe you're a master. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Right? I am. You're a master. That's master still good. Fine art. It's beautiful. Mm. So okay, well that's okay. Well, that's a good point. So you're a doctor. And I'm a master. Yeah. What's our definition as men of erudition? What's our definition of death? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of tough, honestly, because where this segment ends yeah. is that like we are in a sort of flux position in terms of what people think the definition of death should be. Well, we're still in flux about whether vaccines are good or bad, right? <laughs> Not the medical community. I mean... Except Dr. Oz. So let me go through the evolution of this process. Right? Okay. For a long time, being dead was associated with a lack of lung and maybe heart activity. Right. But like we've gotten to a point where people like Dick Cheney can live decades of their lives with no heart. Yes. Um, yes. And the rest of them are alive. And, and they... Most of us think of Dick Cheney is alive. So oh, we need to change our definition. How is Dick Cheney not dead yet, actually? It is kind of surprising. Like, now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should be dead. Anyway. But, so, like, so what I mean is that a while ago, right, people would check for breathing and everything, right? They'd, right. like, maybe put a glass under the nostrils to see if condensation's forming. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they might do something like check for a pulse to see if the heart was still beating. Like, right. you can see how this matches up reasonably well with the idea of lack of oxygen being the thing that causes necrosis. That, I mean, right? that feels good to me. Yeah, so, like, there is this sort of, like, meshing together of that. You can see it in 19th century writings and the legal definition of death. Right. Things like uh, the extinction of life, the departure of the soul from the body, defined by physicians as a total stoppage of the circulation of the blood and a cessation of the animal and vital functions consequent thereon, such as respiration, pulsation, etc. Right? Edgar Allan Poe. So that's a kind of like, that's a pretty straightforward. Eighteen twenty nine. It, it does feel a little bit like uh, like a conqueror worm type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, the cessation. In that it's a little overwritten. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think this one's British. So that's that's <laughs> yeah. where you get that. Did you know a lot of people think that Edgar Allan Poe is British? Oh, you like mean, there's a lot of people who are mistakenly wait, wrongly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah wrongly, yeah, yeah, wrongly, right. wrongly. Like it's because he's got kind of a goth, big headed vibe, you know? Yeah, but and also talks weird, like. Yeah, but like I think we're more gothy than the Brits are. I'm not. Oh, oh I, was, I was like, I don't think if you or me is particularly goth. America. Um, yeah. I, well, I guess so. Well, I mean, well, I guess the goths really aren't either. The goths are really North Italian, right? Something like the Visigoths. Yeah. <laughs> well, those guys <laughs> are like Spanish. Gothic architecture. I always mix up the Vis and the Ostrogoths. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, right, there's a lot of goths, and then there's gothic architecture. Right, right, right. And then there's, and like, then, what we're actually talking about. And then about, there's goths. Which is, like, Edgar Allan Poe's like, sunken eyes and, yeah, like, yeah, wanting yeah. to bang yeah, his yeah. cousin or whatever. So people think he's British. Yeah. yeah you know, They're just wrong. Well, there's a lot. So Tyler right now is actually, his, his consumer protection firm is suing um, Big Chocolate um, and probably going to win. Who is uh, Big Chocolate? I don't know, like okay. several large okay. chocolate okay. companies okay. for labeling white chocolate as chocolate. Um, because by FDA standards, white chocolate does have to have some percentage of uh, chocolate in it. And of course, white chocolate almost always never does. And yet it's still labeled as white chocolate. And by California standards, that is false advertising. Uh, and they have consumer surveys that show that 90% of people who buy white chocolate think it has some amount of chocolate in it. So, so... So in the U.S., people are selling white chocolate that doesn't have any cocoa butter. Yeah, or um, I thought it had to be cacao, but yeah, I think I think cacao in any capacity. I think including cocoa butter. 
Okay, Be- because because but traditional I don't, but I don't know about that. traditional white chocolate has cocoa butter in it, right. so it it does have some part of the cacao, right? So I mean, like. Uh, all I know is that the way Tyler's firm is putting it, and like clearly it must be in some capacity true, is that sure, there's yeah. no there's no something chocolate okay. as, as, as defined by the FDA. Okay. I don't know, cocoa butter, I don't okay. know, you know. Hey, I, that's fun, man. Yeah, but so so um they've already won an appeals court. Nice. So now they're under the California Supreme Court. Oh shit. And if they win, why chocolate in California is gonna have to be relabeled as like you know, I don't know. Ooh, that white stuff. Yeah, white sweet butter. White, <laughs> white, white in your mouth. <laughs> white, yeah, I like that. <laughs> white in your mouth. All right, that's great. It's good. <laughs> it's a good name. So, uh, so let's just. Get... <laughs> <What? laughs> I got a big old bucket of white in your mouth. For all the kids. <laughs> That's not good. Wow. Um, okay. Send it, send, send it back. So, in that time period, then, the 1800s, the 1700s, like, obviously, there was a pretty strict dichotomy between being alive and being dead. Like, right. like th- those are two separate things. Right. And Whereas nowadays, everything's so gender fluid. Well, <laughs> live, you, dead. You even you said know? it earlier, though, yeah. right? Was that, like, if someone's heart stops right. and they stop breathing and they're not having brain function, but then it comes back after seven minutes or something. Right. Would you call that interim time them being dead or not? Right. I do, I do think like there's this amorphous, like dead ish. Right. Kind of thing. Back now. when we were all Christians, it was like, yes, they were dead and did come back to life. Cause like Lazarus, right? Like we were all cool with that by the new Testament. Yeah. But now that we're all like secular and stuff, we're not as comfortable with that. So in the 1700s, there were already people performing experiments like trying to artificially get lungs breathing again and hearts yeah. beating again. Yeah. So some of the early examples were like mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. They would also try to use like air bellows, you know, like the accordion-y kind of looking yeah, things yeah, yeah. to try to like get air in there and right. that kind of stuff. Well, and then also there was mouth-to-mouth. Now, um, mouth-to-mouth was innovated. Before that, no one ever kissed mouth-to-mouth. It was always ass-to-mouth. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's uh, a story about that in the Canterbury Tales. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like the only good one. <laughs> so um, there you go. But, they, but during during the 1700s or something, they innovated mouth to mouth with Sussukashmo, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, on the heart side of things, there was this Danish dude named Peter Abildgard, mm-hmm. and he first killed a chicken right. by shocking it to death. And then he shocked it again and found that that could, like, make its heart start beating again. I don't think the chicken did well. <laughs> but, yeah. like, the point was that he could, like, get the heart beating again right. after that shock. Right. And it led to this, like, really early conceptual groundwork for defibrillators. That's cool. Um, in the 1870s, there were some experiments during surgery where people found that, like, if you, like, kind of massage the heart, right. you could get the heart to start beating again. Wow. Uh, like during was, surgery, yeah, like if you're doing like surgery, the wrong time to do it. If you're doing surgery on somebody and then their heart stopped, right. Because presumably they were sick or something. Yeah, you, you could jack um, it off. You could, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. I've just been listening to a lot of dolphin stuff recently. What? Uh, well, that's how you always do. Is you kind of massage. Massage what? You know, the, the the dolphin, you know? and, then, and, then, and then the, They should never have let you in the tank. And it, what and are you doing in there? And it comes to life. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of the tank, Nathan. <laughs> you should not be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just massage the dolphin. We're standing too close to each other for you to be doing the motions you're doing. <laughs> and then it's back alive. All right. Um, so in the 1890s, so 20 years later, they also found that you could do chest compressions without reaching into the body and like literally massaging the heart. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, decades later. Yeah. But 
that was largely ignored. Right. And people kept doing the reaching inside the body and massaging the heart thing. Wow. Because for some reason, like, chest compressions did not catch on for, like, another, like... We gotta put that like in more movies. 60 years or something like that. That's 70 cool. years. That's like a way cooler western, huh? He's like, ah, oh, Billy's heart stopped. Cut his chest. He fucking jerk his heart yeah, off. Exactly, dude. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I jerked his heart till the cow's moon. He's still dead. Aww. Aww. Oh, that's so sad. Poor dude. guy. Oregon Trail, man. <laughs> this is a different cut of Brokeback Mountain. I didn't yeah, see that one. Yeah, yeah. In the 1940s, experiments led to the development of the defibrillator, which uses an electric shock to jumpstart the heart. The first use was directly on the heart. So once again, wow. with an open People chest People are really surgery, into this whole... Yeah, they're like direct to heart. They're like, we gotta get in there. Yeah. Okay. External defibrillators wouldn't be used for another decade, but were eventually figured out. That's pretty cool. And then CPR as we know it today was pretty much iterated in the 1960s. Yeah. And finally, we kind of arrive at this point where we can take someone whose heart has stopped and who is no longer breathing, do a series of things. Yeah. And, I mean, not always, but semi-reliably get yeah. them to have a heartbeat again and to be breathing again. That happened to a football player recently, didn't it? Yes, it did. DeMar Hamlin, was that his name? Yeah. Th- those are at least most of the right letters. He had a freaky-deaky shit happen to him, too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. The, like he got hit, like, in a millisecond period where the heart's, like, vulnerable to being hit. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking... I mean, well, that sucks. Yeah, did you know that was an option? Because that's uh, scary as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's probably, you, you know that technique in China, like where you do the palm strike oh, yeah. to the chest? That probably did happen once. And then they're like, that's a move, right? Like, okay. Dude, I mean, honestly. Yeah. What happened to, I mean. Like 5,000 years this, ago. What happened to this dude is a tragedy, and so we're not making light of it or anything. Well, he but survived, what, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, I mean. It's not a tragedy then. It's like kind of heroic. He's still in recovery. So like. Yeah. We, we don't know what his path to full recovery is. Yeah. And he's like 24. So like. Right. That's a that's a very traumatic thing to have happen to you pretty young in life. But anyway, the point is that's that's very similar to descriptions of like the the five step of death palm strike or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like you yeah, get hit yeah. and then you walk a little bit and then die because he like. He yeah, was yeah. down, fully got up, right, right, and right. then like ragdoll fell down. Right, and his um, heart did stop. Right, like oh, he yeah. was like on field. Yeah, he, like, he was fucking... in he was in full cardiac arrest. Wow. Yeah. Wow, man. And what's crazy about that is usually doctors, all doctors, are banned from football games, and so it's really lucky that some <laughs> snuck on illegally. Oh, uh, that's not true, Nathan. Why are you such a liar? Well, it's because they're liberals. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, uh, uh, get him out of here. Get out of the bitch. That's so mean of you. No, but um, yeah, man, that probably is the origin of all that crazy kung fu stuff. But in I'd any like case, that, open. that dude is a very good example of he had cardiac arrest, so yeah. his heart was fully stopped. Yeah, and uh, by old definitions, was fucking dead. Yeah, more by some definitions, right? Right. That's part of the thing. Some old ones. Is that, like, yeah, is that a dude came out, they were giving him chest compressions, like, right. very quickly afterward, and that probably went a long way towards saving his life. Right. And, and that, that, like, they were able to start chest compressions very quickly. Yeah. So, if your definition of death is heart ain't pumping, lungs ain't moving, what happens if people enter that state and intervention leads them to leave it? Right. right? And so, like we were saying, there's now this dead-ish kind of period, right? Mm, good, good NBC comedy. Dead-ish. ABC. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in... oh, that is kind of funny. So what? It's it's the Anthony Anderson dies, and he's like a Patrick Swayze style ghost. Oh, banging his wife still, yeah. making like half ghost babies now. I like that. Deadish, and so he has all these kids now that are like half ghost, half human. I like it. And mixed race. 
Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. we're getting wild. Well, wait a minute. Are his kids mixed race considered that? Because they're only quarter white. I can't remember the show's premise when it came to blackish. Is blackish like a class distinction in that show? Because it kind of is, too, because they always joke about that. About the code switching he does between socioeconomic groups. I first of all, I don't know. We don't. So, second second let's, of let's all, let's move on. Let's move on. So that's the right answer. <laughs> you derailed me very, very hard because Deeply. because in in a different show, yeah. there's one point where there's a, a white dude with three black guys, and he's yeah. trying to come up with a name for their group, and he says, "Oh, we should be called Quarter Black because it's like it's it's sort of like quarter quarterback." Yeah. And one of the black guys is like, "That doesn't make any sense. We're one quarter white. Yeah, it can't be Quarter Black." And, yeah. and all the other guys are like, "Oh, that sounds awesome, dude! Yeah, like yeah. Quarter Black." So what show is that? Uh, psych. So uh, I, I am now so hung up on that. I stopped listening to what you the were one saying. Is being a stick in the mud about it? Of course. Yeah. yeah yes, yeah, of yeah. course. Um, oh, fuck. Okay. That show would be better if they were a couple. Well, sure. Like sexually. Yeah. 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 Because they have a lot of that uh, kind of will they, won't they sort of energy. Yeah. Um, okay. Whoa. All right. All right. All right. So, so of so course. So in 1981, Ronald Reagan becomes president, and he was deadish. Yeah. And that seemed weird to have a deadish president. And so he so was like, Mammy, to... let's get a presidential commission together mm-hmm. to try to hash this shit out. And they came up with the following, the Uniform Determination of Death Act. Okay? And the definition is, an individual who has sustained either, one, irreversible cessation of circulatory and respiratory functions, or, two, irreversible cessation of all functions of the entire brain, including the brainstem, is dead. All right. Okay? So... That sort of adds in this brain component. That's kind of complicated, right? Because aren't there all sorts of people who are in a vegetative state? Yes. Although I guess their brainstem isn't dead? or I think in some cases they they don't have brainstem function either. And they basically have to be on a machine called an ECMO to basically be like running the rest of the body in terms Mm. of circulation and stuff Mm. like that. And irreversible is a sticking point that's going to come up in a second. Right. But like... Irreversible might be a set of goalposts that we can shift over time. That's cool. Right. And all of this also plays into a big conversation on organ donation. Right, because we really prefer all these people to just be dead. To get in there. Well, and and how quick you can call them dead can make a difference in how good the organs are. Right, right. Um, but there is like a, a non-zero number of like medical ethicists who believe that like our current way of doing organ harvesting after people die is basically harvesting organs from live people. Yeah, but there's a non-zero number of doctors who don't think COVID's real, right? Like, non-zero? Like, who gives a tick? There's a non-zero number of trans people eating somebody right now. It's, it's, It's a debate. And so, like... You'll find some places don't agree on the amount of time you need to wait before you start the process to right, get the right, organs, right. right? Tell you what, I'm going to hospitals five minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, so in, in, I think it's the Philadelphia Protocol is what it's called. I mm. think it is five minutes. Whoa. I think it's like, that shit's done in five minutes. That's like, a, like, let's get the organs That's a funny done. sequel to Philadelphia with Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's dead. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mix of Philadelphia and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just get Tom Cruise in there. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back... Let's talk a little bit more about the irreversible part and maybe some things that that Yale group mm. is doing to make it so that we can reverse death. Another break. Reverse death. Relax, my twitching heart. We try to have two breaks in an episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is the second one. It's okay. All right. All right. The following is an actual advertisement. Hello, and I am Zach, host of Podcast Junkie. Podcast Junkie is a tool for podcast listeners of all genres who are searching for their next favorite show. 
I review a different podcast series or season each week, helping discerning listeners like you discover new shows and connect with their creators. Each episode lasts between 4 to 15 minutes and gives you, the listener, a quick overview of the week's selection, what to expect from this show, and why I think you should add it to your queue. I'll even toss in a bite-sized snippet from an episode or even their trailer. Along with doing these weekly reviews to help you get in touch with a new podcast, I also support indie podcasts through my merch sales and Patreon contributions. Find out more about that and myself over on Twitter, at CastJunkie, or over at CastJunkie.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope I can help you find your next favorite binge. Oh, I'm so jealous of Stacy, dude. This is regrettable. I'll see Stacy breastfeed Ian, and um, I wish I was a woman. <laughs> Because I'm so I'm so jealous of the 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 intimacy that yeah. my baby and and my my wife have, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That and I know as a man, nothing will ever love me that way, you know. As the provider of uyu, which is milk and cream, mm-hmm. for you guys who don't know uyu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes me sad, you know, that that I'm I'm locked from that interaction. Maybe maybe uh, maybe one of your geckos. I mean, love you that much. <laughs> I could just put him on my nipple. <laughs> yeah. He'll get something. He'll strength the blood that comes yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. a little vicious. All right. Yeah. Okay, rest my twitching heart. Quinn. That was the name of the gecko I was thinking of. Yeah, really. I kept being like Bruce. Shit out of me. I was like, nope, it's not Bruce. Bruce is just on like a hammock. <laughs> Bruce has eggs. All right. All right, all right, all right. Okay. So um, we've been talking a little bit about irreversible cessation. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. If something irre, I mean irreversible means it ain't ever coming back, right? Yep, yep, so yep. what's what's the big deal? Those yeah. are good definitions. Yeah, it's just irreversible may change over time, and we'll need to adapt to that as it comes. Right, because right? it was very reversible around thirty one CE, and ever since then has been <laughs> yeah. like like really. There was just like one blip. There was one blip <laughs> yeah, of like yeah. extreme reversibility. <laughs> yeah. Um. So to recap. In 2019, a team from Yale showed that they could pump a brain full of special liquid cocktail brain-X stuff. Unless we're talking about the thing we talked about in the last episode. Exactly, right. It would provide oxygen, nutrients, some drugs to keep the blood vessels from collapsing and the neurons from dying. So could you hook yourself up to one of these at the Yale Club in Manhattan? I mean, Just it would like it would make chairs. you brain dead. But, you know, <laughs> uh, well, you, well, you already went to Yale. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's great. Um, Can you imagine a worse group of people to be able to bring back to life? There should be like a federally mandated DNR for all this, Yale graduates. This came up last time in the sense that you have like a very particular hatred for people from Yale. Look, people from Cornell, fine. Columbia, love them. You know, uh-huh. Harvard. Hey, hey, I got some friends from Harvard. Yeah? All people from Yale gotta go. Wow. <laughs> Just, Do we know anyone who went to Yale? Uh, I'd probably be less racist towards it if I did. Yeah, I don't think they'd deign to speak with us. Oh, We're plebs. Let's kill them all. <laughs> We're plebs. <laughs> ah, get the pitchfork, man. All right. So uh, this team from Yale found that even after two hours of sitting on ice, so like a very dead brain. Yale's they could, okay, by the way. They could, get it, <laughs> they could get it hooked up to the brain X system, and that brain would have its structure maintained surprisingly well over the course of 10 hours. Okay. And they stopped at that time point because the control brains were like turning into mush. So, like, they were going to not be able to compare them anymore. You know it would help demystify the IVs a little bit, and I think, therefore, weaken their, uh, I think, unhealthy kind of expense and importance in our society? Okay. Just, like, add Tallahassee High 
into like the Ivies, right? Just be like, oh, the Ivy Leagues. Your name the Ivy Leagues for me again? Uh, it's uh, Harvard's in there probably. Princeton, Yale, Cornell. Is Brown an Ivy League? I don't, I don't know. know. Say it. Let's say Brown. Okay. And Tallahassee University. <laughs> and then you'd be like, well, I don't really care about the Ivies that much. <laughs> that, you throw Tallahassee into, into the Ivies, and that alone <laughs> would like totally blemish their whole thing. <laughs> okay. So look, this Brain X stuff that we talked about last episode, we were pretty careful to mention, like, this doesn't mean that it was brought back to life or anything. In fact, they really, really didn't want to bring the pig back to life. Right. At least in the published study. Sure. Sure. I think we all know they brought a pig back to life. Well, well, we'll get into that in a little bit later. But at the same time, this was also a disembodied brain. So right. it's not like bringing it back to life would lead to but very so much But so is a Boltzmann brain. And we're all part of that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. That's it's, a disembodied it's, brain. It's hard to disprove. <laughs> um, Look, Elon having done the things he did last year, we must be the imagined state of an impulsement brain. Things have been astonishingly stupid for some time now. Like, a la simulation. <laughs> like, it's like that... Did you see the Rick and Morty episode this season? No. Okay, so there's this great episode. I think it's episode one, where, um, uh, like, like uh, Morty, like, 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 there's some girl. There's a couple kids, and they walk past this guy preaching on a stand, and he has Rick's voice. And he's like, okay. He's like, all of you, like, this is not a religion. I'm not a prophet. I'm not trying to make a religious point. This is not a religion. Religions are stupid. This is not a religion. But you are a small fragment of a boy's consciousness. There's a boy named Morty, okay, and his mind is trapped in this video game. And you're all a tiny part of it, okay, and we all need to die at the same time, okay? So he wakes up, and it, I, I know I know what it's... So do you a religion? No, I'm not, I'm not fucking religion, okay? And then this girl becomes convinced that she's a Morty, right? Uh-huh. So she shaves her head. And her parents are like, are like, how could you become a Morty? We're Jewish. And she's like, think about it, Dad. Like, we don't know. Like, what what do we wear when we go to temple? He's like, I'm a Shugana. He's like, exactly. <laughs> See, it's all just a bunch of nonsense words. Have you ever thought about what our religion is? That's because we're the idea of Judaism that a vaguely mainline Protestant 13-year-old has. <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty fucking that good. That is pretty good. That is pretty good. <laughs> Um, so, so, uh, whether or not this pig brain that they disembodied and brought back to life on Brain X is dreaming of its own universe. Yeah, yeah. It is a disembodied brain. Right, right, right. And so one of their next challenges that they wanted to tackle was, can we bring back a whole pig? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so in late 2022, they published a paper on what they called Organ X, which is an extension of their Brain X system into the whole body. Okay. Okay. So basically what the team did was they knocked pigs unconscious hooked them up to machines to monitor their stats, and then they took a 9-volt battery and applied it to the heart and shocked the heart into cardiac arrest, killing the pig. Are we... Are they... Are they allowed to kill animals? <laughs> <laughs> They're at an Ivy League, Nathan. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> they kill orphans? The 9-volt battery part was an interesting sentence to read in their paper, yeah. but that is what they said. Okay, so... so... <laughs> It's like went to mechanics to your back. So so what um because I feel like in their brain X thing they were very weren't they fastidious in like, oh we found yes. already dead pigs. Yes, yes. And yes. this one they're like, so we killed some pigs. Well, they still have a section where they're like, Look look, we tried to figure out a way to do this without applying a nine volt battery to right. a pig's heart. Right, but right. like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Eight too small. <laughs> yes. Thirteen, you're way off. <laughs> yeah. It's like look, sometimes you just gotta do it, okay? Yeah. So those pigs were then left dead for an hour. Wow. 
before the start of either Organ X or what's called ECMO. ECMO uh, stands for like extracorporeal membrane oxygenization. Extracorporeal? Yes. Whoa. And it's called extracorporeal because basically you are outsourcing your heart and lungs into a machine. Yeah. So... ECMO does get used. It's been in the news not that long ago because people who were deathly ill of COVID and their lungs weren't working anymore were put... It it was like the step past ventilators, Mm. right? It was like, okay, your lungs are like really incapable of exchanging oxygen anymore. They are like too damaged and scarred, so we're going to put you on ECMO. Wow. And very few people made it off of ECMO. Once you get to that point, like... Probably gonna die. It's... it's They are doing your heart and lungs jobs for your body. So like... It's just tough. It's tough to come back from that. Well, what kills you in that instance if your heart and lungs are replaced, kind of? Yeah. A a lot of times you will have brain death, essentially. Wow. Why do you have brain death? The course of the infection can go too far. You can bleed out or something like that. You can lose just, like, physical integrity. Right. I think technically ECMO is, like, kind of hard on your body. Mm. Like, your, your heartbeat and your breathing rate can, like, change dynamically with what your body needs under normal circumstances, right? Right, like, whereas ECMO, no. It's, it's just, like, right. yeah, it's just a fucking machine that right. you hooked up to, right? right? So it's, like, it's pumping at a certain rate, and it's oxygenating at a certain amount. Right. So I think it's hard on your body, and eventually, I, I think some of the people died from multi-organ failure. Like, wow. they, they just have multiple organs. That sucks. Yeah, so dude. did you read this, like, in a Vox article making fun of, like, anti-vaxxers or something? Sounds like a Jacobin article, you know? <laughs> wow. It sounds like, like, <laughs> right-wing fascists die stupidly on ECMO machines. It sounds like the name of the article. Hey, man, this ECMO stuff was early in the pandemic, so yeah. everyone of all persuasions. We didn't have right. vaccines yet. Right. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Now, okay. I, I will say, normally, when patients are put on ECMO, they are, like, already at the hospital or something like that, right. and they are not dead for an hour before they're put on ECMO. Right, 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 right. So this is, like, an extreme situation that ECMO is not normally used for, but pig's been dead for an hour, the organ X was hooked up to the femoral arteries and veins down in the legs, Chris. and unlike the brain X solution, which was a liquid that didn't have any blood cells in it, right. okay, in this case, they mixed the pig's own blood mm. with their organ X solution which is more or less brain X with like a couple extra things in there. Mm-hmm. So they had this special blend and they mixed it with the pig's own blood in almost like a 50-50 mix. Okay. And then that's what they were pumping through the pig's whole body. Okay? All right. All right. And after six hours of being on the system, they ended the experiment. ECMO did not do well. Like I said, <laughs> this is not really how it's ECMO not... is normally used. Yeah, yeah. And the pigs had already been dead for an hour before ECMO even started. So realistically... Like, a lot of their capillaries had already shut down. Like, the liquid was not flowing very well through the body. Okay. But the Organ X solution was getting pumped all over the place. The brain was relatively healthy looking. Mm -hmm. Although quiet, they didn't really see very much electrical activity. Maybe a little, like, scattered, you know, kind of things here and there. But no evidence of organized electrical signaling. All right. There was also some electrical signaling in the heart. The heart would kind of, like, give a little twitch here and there or whatever. Okay. But it never came back on its own to just, like, full-blown beating or anything right. like that, right? And then they were also looking at something like the kidneys. The kidneys appeared to be intact and healthy, but weren't really producing all that much urine. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think the the moral of the story was all of these organ systems looked like they were doing okay in terms of structures being intact. Right. But, like... Had lost the soul. Nothing was really happening all that much. Right. Okay? There was something metaphysically wrong with them. Well, one thing that is interesting, though, is that in their solution, there was glucose. Okay. 
And things were using glucose throughout the body. Oh, okay. In the sense that, like, there were pig cells in these organs that were alive. Right. And they were consuming glucose and doing some kind of business. That makes sense. Did they then, like, cut into some gut cell and see if it tasted any different? That's a good question. I wonder if they ate the pigs afterward. You know they did. I don't know. I, I honestly, because the chemicals that they, I mean, like that, there were some drugs in there that they were pumping through. They ate the shit out of that. <laughs> they ate it raw. Wow. Well, how do you think they ate it though? Because I, I doubt that they had some gypsum. I think they just like putrefied the pig afterwards and slurped it like a oh. like a spider through one of their fucking proboscis. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't think spiders have that though. Uh, well, Yale, <laughs> Yale, Yale <laughs> researchers yes, do. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yep. And then. In the paper, they mention a moment where they were trying to do this imaging study. And to do the imaging study, they needed to inject contrast. This is okay. something that happens at the hospital and things like yeah, that. Yeah, sure, sure, so sure. Sometimes you'll get a kind of reagent injected into your body. And then that way you can do imaging and like see where it flows to, stuff like that. That's cool. Um, when they injected contrast, the pigs started twitching. Their necks, their heads, their bodies, they, they started like jerking around. Right, and stuff like right, that. right, right. It was apparently scary as shit. Because these pigs were, like, literally just, like, starting to move and stuff like that. Okay. Now, that movement did not correspond to any kind of electrical signal in the brain. Right. So, it was not the brain being alive and the pigs freaking out or anything like that. It was some kind of involuntary movement caused by the injection of this contrast agent. Right. And it only happened in the Organ X pigs. Right. The ECMO pigs, they injected the contrast agent, nothing happened. Well, boy, like, about three of these Yale uh, researchers have already died in accidents, right? <laughs> there is definitely, like, a pig curse going around. One by one. <laughs> yeah. There's the movie, Dan. Pig that, curse. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. I it like starts that one. with, like, it starts with this scene, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. This yeah. This is haunting. And but... then you cut a couple years later, they're selling Organ X, and they start to get murdered one by one. Yeah. yeah. And it, I, I will say, it is, pig. it is not super clear. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> It is not super clear why the twitching happened at all. Right. Like, we do not understand why that twitching happened. At what point will you accept that God is real? God made the pigs twitch. <laughs> yeah. God doesn't like contrast he's like, I, He's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God hates contrast images. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, I think right, that's right. where we'll leave it. I, uh, broadly speaking... I think that there's an active debate relating to organ donation and right. relating to like what the use of this technology could potentially be, right? Because mm-hmm. on one hand, you could imagine organ X and things like that being used to help preserve organs better for right. transplantation, right? right? Because a-, a lot of the things that they bring up in these two papers is waiting a while, having the thing be dead on ice, basically, right, and then starting the process. Right. And seeing a lot of those organs, like, look to be in pretty good shape. So maybe in that way, Organ X could help alleviate some of the moral pressure involved in the organ donation or organ harvesting from people who recently died. Right. Maybe it's like, okay, with Organ X, we can get really good quality organs from people even if we leave them for, like, 30 minutes. Right. So, like, let's let them die. Let's give them 30 whole fucking minutes. Yeah. And then let's put them yeah, on Organ X, right? Um, Have you... Have you really met a bioethicist who's like, you're harvesting organs from live people? Because that just seems like such like an inflammatory, clearly intellectually dishonest argument. That's like so dishonest that it's obscene. Well, so, uh, I mean, 
It's all, I can, all I can say is I, I read an article. It's like Rhodes Pierre. I, I read an article published in 2021 in like a bioethics journal yeah. that was like written about that argument essentially. Yeah. On the side of we are harvesting from living people in some situations. Well, what, what I think is so funny about that is we should do more of it. <laughs> well, so the, what, what they're saying is that yeah. the uh, a person's like bodily integrity, like right. rights to their own body is paramount to the hypothetical benefits that an organ would provide right. to someone else until that person is legitimately fully dead. And then they go into a, a sort of discussion about how you know, there should be more of a dichotomy between right. dead and alive right. rather than this gray zone area. I don't. I like fluid stuff. I'm about gender fluidity, <laughs> yeah. sexual fluidity, and life fluidity. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I'm I not feel... saying I buy their argument. I'm just saying, like, that was a legitimate article in a legitimate journal published in 2021. I mean, I feel a little deathish. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Today, especially, I feel very deathish. <laughs> um, um, so, well, how, I mean, what do you think, man? Well, I, I think, so I gave one example of how Organex could do something, uh, but I think the other example of it is actually the thornier one, right? which is what if Organex can actually push the window in which we can resuscitate people, right? as opposed to just keeping organs like nice and functioning for donation, right? what if we can actually use something like Organex, not this version, but like version 2.0 or whatever, right, right, right. to actually bring people back from deathish, yeah, like two hours after, right, right. Now, first of all, that's a lot of people that we can theoretically bring back in that sense. But can they ever get off Organ X again? Right. Like one of the things, like what you were saying about ECMO, is like the lungs and the hearts are running. Like, how do they actually die? Right. Because that's taking care of a lot of the main functions. That like, right. And it could be the same thing with Organ X. That like, so long as it's running. That person can be kind of alive for a while, but like if they were off it, then they would be dead immediately right. or something, right? There's a lot of kind of weird ethical things that start to come into play, like whether they can be alive without any kind of assistance. And like, does that really matter if they get to be alive? Right. That kind of stuff. I kind of feel like, so tell me how you think after I tell you my reasonable opinion. Okay, this is fine. Um, I kind of feel like we privilege life a little too much these days in as much as i think like there's this kind of feeling and need especially in america for people to live as long as possible mm-hmm. i mean despite awful lifestyle you know choices is the wrong term because i'm not trying to say it's necessarily an individual's moral mistake but mm-hmm. like but like boy are there awful life outcomes in this country sure and yet on the back end of it we try to keep people alive as long as possible and, you know, like, I'm a very Kevorkian kind of guy. Like, don't, don't you feel like, like, someone's dead for, like, a minute, let it go, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, didn't you read Bridge to Terabithia, dude? Like, death is part of life, brother. Like, like just let this one go. Yeah, you know, man. <sighs> there's just no way to, there's no way to do this one. Well, how do you feel? How, how, how I, I feel? I appreciate how it's ethically complicated. Yeah, okay. How do you so feel? Here, here, here's how I feel. Here's yeah. how I feel. Uh, I imagine that there's going to be a point where I am old. Yeah. And don't really want to be around anymore. Oh, that's interesting. I thought you were going to say you want to be old and you don't want to die. No, I, I think I'm going to be old. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm done. Yeah. And then I'd like to be able to be done. Right. But I can also imagine situations right. where it's like three weeks from now. Right. And some kind of 
accident happens. Right. And I'm In like, Turkey. And I'm like, I would love to keep being alive, actually. Right. right. And so if there was something that could that could make it Prolong more likely the that I could that right. I could continue on with a fairly fruitful life afterwards. You would prefer this thing to exist. Yeah. So I, I think for me it's kinda like where in the timeline we're actually talking about. Right. Because if this thing did exist, it wouldn't just be for people who are like ninety seven. It would also be for like a right. dude who's like twenty four. Right. Or something. Or like somebody who's sixteen. It would really be for rich people, right? Well, I mean that's uh, a whole wrinkle that, to this that, whole conversation. That was, right? that was its own little section in the. I was about to say because the whole organ thing. donation thing is kind of like, it's very unequal, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So it I mean, is. like, really, no one should get to have organs, right? <laughs> to like kind of even the playing field. <laughs> that's great. Like now that death is so shaped by our social constructs of inequality, we should relevel it. <laughs> but but in that direction, <laughs> we well, should we should relevel down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, here's a thought. <laughs> What if everyone died at 80? That would that would actually be very progressive in that it would have a disproportionate impact on the wealthy. <laughs> it would be a progressive tax that's on life. On life. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's really nice. That's how progressive I am. That's Anyone nice. accuses me of a conservative thought. <laughs> I'm so progressive, everyone should die at 80. Wow, that's great. Okay, everyone. You zero, baby. <laughs> everyone is actively yelling at their phones right now about how much they hate our opinions. So, like, we just gotta stop. We gotta stop. You are so... All right, look, let's say thank you to Stacey Song, our sound lord and engineer. Yeah. And look, we have a Twitter, hypothetically, but how long is that going to be around for? Right. Um, you should just uh, just uh, just call Sean at 310. <laughs> uh, we, we technically have a uh, TikTok account. Oh, we do? It's just there's not that much on it, so I don't want to talk about it yet. God, Maybe dude. someday. Maybe TikTok, someday. man. Yeah. I don't like any social media platform. But look, how else are the Chinese going to spy on you? Yeah, it's true. Okay? They Can't need they just do it the old-fashioned way by contacting Google Cloud Services? They need a way in. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, and yeah, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Petri Dish. We have an email address. PetriDishPod at gmail.com. 529. <laughs> I'm, I'm neither going to confirm or deny that that's real. Uh, okay, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs>